0: Oh yeah! Everybody doing well this morning? You look fantastic, and you know that's half the battle. And I'm so glad to be here today, and just want to start off by saying so thankful for your pastors, Pastor Steve and Sandy uh, Spence. You know, the thought I had just in this morning, just thinking about them and the impact that they've had on me being here and anytime I get to be around them, is there's power in being planted under great leaders. Leaders who are passionate about Jesus, leaders who love the Lord, who love to build the lives of people, who love to build the church. You know, that's what Jesus is building. He's building his church. And just being around them, I've become a better person. And I know that you already know this, but you have great pastors. And Yes, yes. Give them a hand. But before you do, I think you need to understand that not every church has what you have. Not every church has pastors who value prayer, value the presence of the Lord, want to see lives changed, want to see souls saved want to see the kingdom of God take ground from the enemy. You have amazing pastors. And so more than a golf clap, I think you should give them a huge round of applause this morning. Give them honor where honor is due. We love you. We're thankful for you. Thank you for the spirit of God that's on your life. Thank you for pouring into this place on an anniversary like today for Mill City Church. Come on. I love it. I love it. So good. And it's uh, so excited to be here today. I, I want to introduce you to myself. I'm from the great state of Missouri or Missouri, or however you want to say it, I'll just say hello y'all. And uh, I'm glad to be here. And I have a beautiful family. I'll put them on the screen and introduce them to you. This is my wife, Beth. I married up. I'm so thankful. It's but for the grace of God that we got married. Every time I talked to her when I first met her, I couldn't get any words out of my mouth. And Jesus saves and he helps us out. Amen. So we got married uh, and we have four beautiful children. Evelyn's there all the way to your left. And then Everett James. Everett means wild boar, strong and brave. And yes, we named him that because we believed that over his life. And then that's Edison Lee. Edison's birthday is on September 13th. Great things happen on September 13th. This church was born, and Edison Lee was born. Come on, somebody. And he's going to change the world just like this church is. And then that's Elena Ann. Uh, there, she's our, our youngest. And then I, I think I probably should mention that we also have a dog named Gus. Uh, so that's Gus. He's a golden doodle. He's much larger than we anticipated And uh, much more clumsy, but he loves people, and so he's a work in progress, uh, but it's good. It's good. I also think it's good to note this morning that I happen to be a Denver Broncos fan, and I hope I'm still welcome in this place. (laughs) But uh, every time you see a beautiful sunset or a gorgeous sunrise, you will notice that the colors that God mixes in the sky are orange and blue. (laughs) And it's because he, too... Shares an affinity for the Broncos. (laughs) Just saying. Maybe the Chicago Bears, too, but I don't know. All right, so, okay. Okay, okay. Easy, easy, people. Easy, easy. It's it's a joke, all right? I kid. I'm joking. I had the privilege yesterday of traveling up with Pastor Steve um, and Lander, who's with us, to the Packers Stadium and seeing the skyline as you pull up in Green Bay and the giant G that the skyline has. And walking through the stadium, we did the tour. We were able to go through the tunnel. We saw the golf cart that Aaron Rodgers rides to practice. It was really neat. We were able to sit in one of the suites and kind of get all the facts. There's something, though, about walking out onto a field like that. Because whether you're a football fan or not, you can know that there are and have been amazing things that happen on that field. It's cool to be in a place where the detail that goes into it is so significant that they say they mow the grass every two days, and it's a perfect three-quarters of an inch tall that uh, there's antifreeze that runs under the field in warm water so it doesn't freeze. Uh, which is great for the players i think that's just so nobody gets injured because i heard about the ice bowl and you guys are crazy to even live in wisconsin all right (laughs) but thankful for them that they're safety and and you're just standing in there and you see the numbers up on the of the different years the packers have won and the vince lombardi years that were three consecutive years in a row and you think of the great leadership that he brought to that team and like i said you don't really have to be a football fan to be impacted by something like that. But there's something about coming and seeing, because if you're not a Packers fan, you just stand on that field and you're like, this is pretty cool. This is pretty neat. I, I feel like just breathing the air is something special here. There's something about in human nature getting in the environment, coming and seeing uh, what is ha- what's happened there. You feel what's happened in that place. You feel the air. And this morning, I want to talk to you just briefly from the subject, come and see. Because if you want to experience all God has for you, if you want to experience all that we are rich in in the kingdom, if you want to experience life change, then there's something about the faith-filled step of coming and seeing. Not just saying, oh, I've heard about it. Not just saying, oh, yeah, you know, that seems like a good thing, or, you know, I, I, I feel like I, I try to read the word every once in a while, but to experience God for yourself, to come and see. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. That God through Jesus Christ, invites us into a relationship, into an experience, into something where we're going to be impacted, not just for ourselves, but every single person we come in contact with will be impacted. So I want you to think about that today. Come and see. i want to read you a scripture from John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 45. If you have your Bibles or your iPhone or whatever you use, or you can just use the screen, whatever works best for you this morning, listen to this. This is Jesus calling his first disciples, and it says, Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there, Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree, but you're going to see greater things than that. Then he added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Can we pray for just a moment? Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Come change our thoughts. Lord, I pray, God, that you would move in our hearts today, our minds today, that we would look more like your Son through the power of your Word. That, Holy Spirit, you would come fill this place that we, for every person who hasn't tasted and seen For every person that needs to experience your power, I pray that they would come and see. And Lord, be completely changed. Never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come and see. Come and see. Come and experience. You know, if you want to come and see all that God has for you, the first thing you need to know is you come and see by faith. You come and see by faith. Uh, Philip, he finds Jesus, and, and he, says, he says this, Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found Moses, whom the law and the prophets wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth. It almost sounds like you should say it in like one of those like, old-time church voices. It's like, I didn't practice this, so just <laughs> bear with me. Nathanael we have found the one, you know, like, or in like an old English, thank you, I get a lot of support today, Uh, or in one of those uh, old English accents, like, Nathaniel, like, uh, we have found the one of whom the prophets spoke about, you know, it's like a very illustrious moment. It's like something that's like, this is big. This is, this is huge. This is impacted, Philip. And he's like, you got to know who this is. you got to see who this is. And then Nathaniel responds with something that you're like, really? That's what you're going to say to what I just said, to what I just told you? He goes, and you can put it on the screen, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? So he kind of zeroes in on this hometown that Jesus was from. And it's kind of like, that's not like a great place, man. Uh, You know, when I mentioned what I was preaching to Pastor Steve, he said, uh, you know, it's kind of like Menasha. It's like Menasha. can anything good come from there? (laughs) And, uh, hey, he said it, not me, all right? So, okay, (laughs) I'm just the messenger. But I want you to think for a moment, okay? Philip's saying, I've found who we're looking for. I found who the prophets spoke about. I found the Savior of the world, Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel zeroes in on this. and He says, hey, can anything good come from there? I want to tell you this. If you want to experience, if you want to come and see all God has for you, it's a walk of faith. And what faith is, it's saying, you know what? I don't see, God, I feel like you're moving me in this direction, but I don't see how what you're saying is possible. I don't see how you could use somebody like me. Because oftentimes that's how it works. God's speaking to your heart. Maybe you've never given your heart to Christ. Maybe you're not walking with the Lord, but the whole hang up for you is you. And you're like, God, can anything good come from here? Because God, I've experienced a little bit of life and I've tried a few things and it doesn't seem to work out for me, God. I don't know, when I look, God, it doesn't seem like anything good can come from there. Or maybe God's spoken to you in your workplace and said, hey, you need to go pray for that person. You need, you need to pray, that God will touch them and heal them. And you're like, God, they're not open. Like anytime God is mentioned, it's a hostile thing. It's a bad deal. It's not a good environment. It's not helpful for them or for me. I don't know what to say. Can anything good come from there? You know, I'll tell you this. Anytime God calls you to do something, most of the not time, if not every time, when you look on the surface, you're not gonna see, oh, That looks like a supernatural opportunity. Oh, that looks like, you know, it's not like somebody comes to you that like was hostile to the Lord and they go, what must I do to be saved, friend? It doesn't work that way. God says, you're going to go and you're going to tell them I love them. And you might look on the surface and say, I don't know what good can come from there. But as you take a step of faith, that's where you see God do the supernatural, Maybe you're like, man, I don't know how God can use me, and and when when they talk about growth track at the church and getting involved and serving, you're like, man, it doesn't seem like I have any gifts. Like, it doesn't seem like I can really contribute. It doesn't seem like that will really be a good thing, but God's touching your heart saying, go, and what you need to do is say, God, I'm not here to decide whether I think this opportunity is a good one or not a good one. I'm not here to decide whether I have giftings or don't have giftings. I'm not here to decide whether I'm spiritual enough to be a Christian or not spiritual enough. That's not my job. My job is to follow you. My job is to say, if you say it, I'm going. That's the life of faith, to say, God, if you say it, I'm going to go. I'm just going to come and see what you can do, not what I can do. I want to encourage you, in every place God's leading you to jump in, jump in with all your heart. Women's discipleship starts tomorrow. Guys, you're meeting on Saturday. Jump in with all your heart. Come and see what God can use you to do. Maybe God would raise you up to be a a discussion leader. But that's not going to happen if you don't take that step of faith to say, God, I just believe you're leading me in this direction. I'm going to come and see. You know, oftentimes we see God opportunities. And when we look at the surface, we're like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if anything good can come from that. You know, I got this... uh, this bag that Lander found me, it says Festival Fireworks on it. Festival Foods and Fireworks. And it's like, a, it's like the kind of plastic bag that you might see in, uh, man, I was going to say Lake Winnipesaukee, but I think it's, is it Winnebago? <laughs> Winnebago! I, was, I, I got it in the second try. That's a miracle. It might be like a bag you'd see in Lake Winnebago. All right? So, you know, it's like something that tumbles down the road. And oftentimes, a God opportunity can come to you like this bag, all right? You look at it, and you're like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to find anything in there except some moldy bread, maybe. Maybe a can of beans. I don't know. Something, something in there. But when God speaks to you, if you go, you can always know God's got something good for you. Because the Bible says he is good, and he does good. That he, in fact, the Bible says, uh, no, I have seen no ear is heard. No mind can comprehend what God has in store for those who love him. And if you look at that verse, it's not talking about heaven. It's talking about this life. And when you say, God, I'm just going to step out in faith and God believe you, you watch what God does. He does something great that you could never do on your own. He blesses you. Now, I'm going to take a risk, a feedback risk with the sound guy and walk down here and give it. Does anybody want this bag? Anybody? Anybody? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with you, okay? So I want you to open that up and see what you got in there. Oh, yeah, it right there. Oh, it's a delicious frappuccino for our friend from the cafe. Do you like frappuccinos? You. praise God. He likes frappuccinos. <laughs> what kind do they give you? Cookies and cream. Cookies and cream, even better. Give him a hand for taking it. <laughs> and that's fun. That's exactly how it works in the kingdom. You take a step of faith. He's like, man, do I trust this guy? Like that bag looks nasty, and then he gets a cookies and cream frappuccino, and everything's good. And I'll just tell you, some of you have never stepped out in faith before, and it's w- way better than a cookies and cream frappuccino, but it's exactly how it works. You say, you know what, I'm just going to take a step of faith. God, I'm going to trust that you are who you say you are, that you're going to do what you said you would do, and God, I'm going to believe you as you come and see, you're going to see God work in your life and do the supernatural. And that's the second point, is as you come and see, we see God do supernatural things. Let's go back to the text in John chapter 1. It says, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. You know, some—that's like like you going up to somebody and then being like, man, you are a great, this is a great guy. This is somebody you can count on. And, you know, because when you first read it, you're like, Jesus, are you lying? Jesus, are you telling? Because, you know, we all know that if if you grew up in church, you probably know the scripture. There's no one righteous, not even one, right? There, uh, you know, that let God be true and every man a liar. You know, Jesus even indicates like God is good, all right? But nobody else is good. But yet he looks at Nathaniel and says, man, this is a guy who you can count on. This is a guy in whom there's no deceit. And I think as you read that, it's important for you to understand that as you go and you say, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm going to come and see what you can do. Oftentimes we come and we're looking at our 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 faults. We're looking at what we don't bring to the table. We're looking at what we don't have. Well, God, you use people who have great faith, and I think I don't even know if I have, like, very much faith. God, I don't know if you can use me. Like, I don't know how this is going to work, and you feel like if I come to Jesus, he's going to be like, oh, yeah, man, I thought I wanted to use you, but like, man, like, that's pretty rough there, and you know, like, there, and you know, that, and like, yeah, so I man. I was like, you don't even have style going for you. I don't know what's going on with you. Like, I was like, it's like, you know, you can't, you just feel like Jesus is going to judge you. But that's not how Jesus works. I love, Nathaniel's response to Philip was less than good, okay? It wasn't like a faith-filled response. So you'd think he'd come to Jesus, and Jesus would be like, hey, bud, uh, you know, I know you didn't believe me and, uh, that's not really cool, dude. So I know you want to follow me now, but it's not going to happen or it's not going to work out for you. But he looks at him and he begins to call out of him the things that God has placed in him. I love that about Jesus. He says, you know what? I'm not going to call you by where you are right now. I'm not going to call you by your past. I'm going to call you by what I put in you. I'm going to call you about what I want to do in you. You know what? I've made you to be a person that is trustworthy. I've made you to be a person that people can count on. That's who I've created you to be. And he instantly, the moment he encounters Jesus, that's the first thing Jesus starts to tell him. You know, when you come to Jesus, you're, the first supernatural thing that really happens is Jesus begins to call things out of you that, were, that have died inside of you, Things that you're like, man, I felt like God has made me to be this. And maybe over time, decisions you've made or or things that have happened, you've like let that die. But as you come in the presence of the Lord, it's like it comes back to life in you. Oh, I've called you. I've made you to be this kind of person. I know this is all that you see in your life right now, and it looks like a disaster. But you know what? I'm going to help you. Because I've called you. No, it's not dead if you give it to me. No, I'm going to move in your life. I believe that I've made you for a purpose. I've made you to be a person who speaks life. I've made you to be a person that's a builder. I've made you to be a leader in your company. I've made you to be a leader in your home. I've made you to be a great parent. I know you don't feel like a good parent. I, I know you feel like, oh, I've made so many bad decisions. But as you come to the Lord, he begins to pour into you, to speak inside of you, the things that he has for you. I love that about Jesus. But then something really cool happens. Jesus gives him what's called a word of knowledge. Now, if you've never heard of a word of knowledge, it's in Scripture. It happens all the time in the New Testament. Paul talks about in Corinthians. It's given to the believer by the power of the Holy Spirit to help people to have information or knowledge about a situation that you wouldn't have on your own. So Jesus, being God, fully God, fully man, gives a word of knowledge to Nathaniel. Look at what he says to him. He says, how, how do you know me, Nathaniel asked. And Jesus answered, Well, Nathaniel, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathaniel, I know exactly who you are. I saw you. And I know you. And I want you. And I love you. That's what he's saying to him. All in that phrase, he's saying, I know exactly who you are who you are. But he says, I saw you under the fig tree. And what that does, that's like, you know, the Bible has signs and wonders. That's a a sign like, hey, how would you know that, okay? How, How could you know I was under the fig tree? How could you even know me? And that moment is a light bulb moment for Nathaniel. That's the moment where he's like, wow, this is different. Wow, this feels like Maybe this person is the savior of the world. Watch what he says. Watch what it does to him. It says, then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. He's saying, you know what? You're the one who ever, all the prophets did talk about. You're exactly what Philip said you are. You are the savior. It's a God moment. It's like Peter, yeah, he's one of the other disciples. Uh, there's a moment where they're fishing. They fished all night. And it, who's a fisherman in the house? Anybody? And they didn't catch anything. Now you feel bad for them, okay? So they fished all night. They're exhausted. This is their job. This is their livelihood. And then Jesus is like on the side of the shore. And he's like, hey, did you catch anything? And they're like, no. And he's like, try to cast your net on the other side of the boat. And, you know, they're probably in the boat like, who is this bozo on the shore being a funny guy? But they're like, you know what, we'll give it a go. So they put their net on the other side of the boat and they catch a ton of fish. And Peter falls on his knees and says, Lord, get away from me. I'm a sinner. He encounters the presence of God through some fish. And it shines a light on his own soul and says, you know what? If there is a God and only God could do that, I don't know if I'm able to be around him. This is what's happening in Nathaniel. Jesus speaks into his life, says, I saw you while you're still there. And it gives him this revelation of like, wow, I'm in the presence of God. And I don't know. I just need to worship because I'm not on my own anything. But yet, it's a supernatural encounter that changes his life. You know, I want to encourage you for every believer God wants to work in your life supernaturally. And that happens as you say, God, I'm ready, I want to come and see. I want to, in this thought, talk to really two groups of people. First of all, maybe you're here and you're like, I do not know the Lord, okay? I, I, I'm not walking with God. I love the, the music or I love the atmosphere at church or I, I, I'm just trying to get back and kind of get my life on track, whatever, whatever reason you're here for, okay? I just want to encourage you, you need to come and see. You know, what's interesting in the Bible that that the Bible never penalizes and Jesus never penalizes people for trying God. I love it. like when it comes to giving, it's like, test the Lord in this. You know, God says, I'll bless you when you give. And then it's like, test me in this. Just try it and see what happens. See if I'll open the floodgates of heaven, pour out such a blessing. Taste and see is a invitation to try, to say, God, if you are who you said you are, God, I'm going to try it. I'm going to give my life to you. Now, I'm not saying try it like, try it like uh, one foot in, one foot out type stuff, like, you know, I'll try God, but I'll keep doing whatever I want. I'm saying you have to like jump in. You have to give your life to Jesus, make him Lord of your life, and he will change your life. But what's the risk in that if you're, if you like, man, I'm kind of wanting a relationship with God already. I feel like God's... There's no risk. Just do it and see how it goes and watch what God does. Taste, it's an invitation, taste and see. But for every believer in the room, I want to encourage you on this. You know what? You're invited to come and see God do the supernatural in your life. That Christianity isn't a spectator sport situation. It's not something where you can just, you know, give your heart to Christ, and then sit on the sidelines and be like, well, one day heaven, you know, (laughs) it's going to be great. Heaven, you know. It's going to be awesome. Heaven. And then you die, and you go to heaven. That's not the life God intended for you. The life God intends for you is the supernatural life. A life where you come and see on a regular basis God, I feel like you're leading me to do this. It doesn't look like this is a good God opportunity, but I feel in my spirit you're calling me to do this. And God, so I'm going to step out. That's when you see God do the supernatural. You know, in Hebrews, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. We'll put it on the screen so you can see it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And go. (laughs) Yeah. And without faith, it's impossible to please God without faith. That word, Please, God, is the same word if you looked in the Septuagint for walk with, like Enoch walked with God and then was taken. So you could read it like this without, it is impossible to walk with God without faith. So part of your walking with God, if you're going to walk continually with God, you have to have faith. And part of having faith is saying, God, I don't see how this is going to work out, but I'm going to come and see and see you do the supernatural. And as you do that, you're going to watch God do amazing things. You're going to watch God bring life to people, bring salvation to people as you say, God, I'm going to step out. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about seeing God do the supernatural. That means you're praying for somebody, somebody's healed, and they come to know Jesus because that happened. You know, healing should be the normative in the Christian life. Watching God work through you should be the normative in the Christian life. What we're seeing with Jesus and Nathanael, Jesus is our example So Jesus did these things as our example. As the first of many brothers and sisters, he did these things. And you know what? He said, greater things than I have done, you will do. So as we watch what Jesus did, Jesus is gonna drop things in your heart. If you open your ears, he's gonna drop things in your heart, say, I want you to go pray that that person be healed. I want you to speak this word into somebody's life. I want you to do this. And as you do that, God's gonna move in power and people are gonna get saved. Just exactly like we see in the scripture. But it happens as you say, God, I'm willing to come and see. God, I want to see what you're going to do. God, I want to watch you do the supernatural. Nothing in Scripture says that miracles don't happen today, that they ceased at some point. There's nothing in Scripture. In fact, the book of Acts is a picture of what a church should look like, that a church should be a place where people are getting saved. A church should be a place where God is moving in power. A church should be a place where people are being healed. And as that happens, the gospel spreads. Come and see. As you come and see, just test it. Just try it. Just say, God, okay, if that's what you want to do, God, I'll just try it. And the next time, okay, this is your homework, your challenge. The next time God speaks to you and says, I want you to go pray for that person, you say, okay, God, I'm going to do it. And you watch what God does. You watch what happens as God does the supernatural And it will change your life. Finally, I want want you to think about this. We come and see, as we come and see, we see greater things. Jesus said, I believe, Jesus said, you believe because I, I told you, I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is why it's so exciting to follow Jesus. Jesus doesn't just save you from hell. Jesus saves you to a supernatural life, a relationship with him where you can know God, where you can experience the presence of God on a regular basis, where you can see heaven open over your life and the people around you. So I want to encourage you today. Wherever you're saying, God, this isn't right. God, this is a place that needs to change. I want to encourage you to say, God, I'm going to pray your presence, and your power into this situation. Because you know what? I believe as I do that, I'm going to see you do greater things than I could ever imagine. Do not be discouraged by what you see on the surface, because God has put you in that place to say, if you trust me, if you look to me, I'm going to put my hand on you and on that situation, and I'm going to do the impossible, and then I get the glory and the honor and the praise, and you get the joy of watching me do what you can never do on your own. That's the kind of invitation we have as we follow Jesus, to see him do something powerful and then to take us from glory to glory. You know, the great thing about the Christian life is wherever you're at, whether you've been walking with God for 20 years or you just started yesterday, today, it's true that God wants to take you from glory to glory. God has good things that he's planned in advance for you to do, for you to be a part of. For you to take action on. For you to see his power in. In fact, he says, you know what? I'm going to do greater things. Greater things. You know, all the things you see Jesus do in scripture. He says this in John chapter 14. I'll tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing me, will do the same mighty miracles I do. Even greater miracles than these because I go to the Father. He says In that same sermon, if you ask anything in my name, I will give it to you, that your joy may be full. You know, prayer, oftentimes, unfortunately, is seen by people as a duty instead of an invitation to the supernatural. That, you know, I pray, but it doesn't matter if God answers or whatever. But that doesn't build your faith, and that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus said, ask that you may receive that your joy may be full. That in our walk with God, our joy comes through answered prayer. Our joy comes from us saying, God, do you want to use me to do greater things? I can't even believe that. That's incredible. Look at it in the NIV. Truly, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes me, in me will do these the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. It's an invitation to come and see. It's an invitation to the supernatural. It's an invitation for God to work in your life. For God's power. Paul said. I came to you not with just words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. I don't know what your walk with God looks like today. But if for some reason, whether through some disappointment or some life circumstance, you've lowered the bar of what you believe God can do, Today, I pray that the scripture comes to your heart and says, you know what? This is what my word says about me. My word is true. And I'm inviting you to come see what a life of faith looks like, to come see what a life of miracles looks like, come see what a life of the supernatural looks like. And it doesn't matter what you see on the surface. Are you ready for what God wants to do? You know, at our church, we're seeing God do miracles in the lives of people like we've never seen before. I grew up in this church, so not this church, but the church that I'm at. Yeah. But we're seeing people, you know, so my dad's been the pastor there for like 30 years. And most of the time we've been there, you know, you see like somebody healed here and there, you know, um, and just different things. And it's been great. We've seen a lot of people saved, uh, seen God do, a lot, of, a lot of people baptize, God do incredible things in the lives of people, change people's lives supernaturally. But recently, we've, we've just, we've, and we, we started a prayer meeting back in 1998, uh, so the church really started praying then and really d- diving into prayer, but recently we've really seen God just pour out His Spirit in an incredible way, and God is healing people in an incredible way. So for example, uh, there's a lady on our, our staff and she's part of uh, the core team and her name is Tammy Parsley. And Tammy uh, had a bone disease that caused severe osteoporosis so much so that when she would, um, how she found out about it is her and her husband were lifting a couch and something popped in her back and she fractured one of her vertebrae uh, doing that and so that sent them on this journey she found that she had basically the bone density of like an 85 year old or a 90 year old and uh, she's in her 50s and so we're every year for like the last four or five years when we gather our core team together you know you go around the room and you just kind of see how people are doing and she would just cry and just be like I'm trying this I go into this doctor i I'm trying this natural remedy. You know she got off coffee and was drinking mushroom coffee, uh, which is terrible. Um, uh, and you know, they're just trying anything, honestly, to, to make it work eating, changing her diet, uh, doing this uh, special, like bone density machine uh, that would try to strengthen their bones. Nothing was working. And then we were in a uh, staff chapel. And there was a word that was where our staff like has a worship service there was a word given for her that god wants to heal her and she you know nobody wants to be disappointed in that moment the presence of the lord was there and she just kind of received it in faith and said god if you want to heal me i believe you're going to heal me and god has completely healed her bones they they did a test on her they said i don't know what happened but you have no osteoporosis in your bones at all. She is completely <laughs> healed in Jesus' name. We had, we've had people healed of their hearing where the, like they've had 80% hearing loss and in a service, their ears popped and God opens up their ears and they can hear 100%. Recently on a prayer meeting, there was a girl uh, down front praying before the service. She's 19 years old. Has worn uh, bifocal lenses, uh, correction lenses, for since she was three years old. She's down front. She's praying. She goes back to her seat, and she kind of like cleans off her glasses. And when she puts them back on, she notices that she can. Um, she her her vision's blurry with her glasses on, but when she takes them off, she can see perfectly. And she was completely healed in that moment for her eyesight. Now, what I think is cool about that is you're gonna survive with bifocal lenses, all right? Uh, some of you, you probably wear them and you do just fine. And I just think it's super cool that God, just when God touches people, you know, oftentimes we think, oh yeah, God wants to heal like, it. I mean, honestly, this is human nature right here. If it's real bad, we're like, oh yeah, that, if, and we don't have something bad, we're like, God only heals really bad things, you know? God only touches people if it's like a terminal illness. And if somebody has a terminal illness, be like, I don't know, this seems like it's too big for God. God only touches smaller things, you know, than the terminal illness. Isn't that how human nature works? But God loves people, and he loves to heal, and he, he wants to touch people today. And I really feel, as we're talking about coming and seeing, it would be a tragedy to preach the word, to create in your heart by the power of the holy spirit a desire to see god move and then not give you an opportunity to experience the presence of the lord and experience his healing power and so i just want to encourage you right now i want to pray for people who need healing but i'm actually going to invite you to pray for people who need healing every single person because here's the truth it's not a pastor praying for somebody that heals somebody it's not somebody who's like, oh man, I gotta have X number of years for the Lord behind, under my belt. You know what, you just ask God and people can be healed. Every single person can do that. And so right now, if you need healing in your body, I just want to invite you to stand up right now. Stand up all across the day. whatever it is, you need healing in your body. All right, I just wanna encourage you to step out to the aisles, all right, step to the aisles so we can see you, find you. Several people need healing in this place, which is awesome, praise the Lord. And then if your aisle's tight, you can just kind of slide down, slide down, come forward a little bit to give people space because we're going to have people gather around you here in a second. And now you see the people, there's several people around. You can, if you want to raise your hand, if you're needing prayer for healing, then everybody else, I want you to go find somebody to pray for, all right? So stand up, stand up. It's a good participation moment. It's going to be awesome. Just go find somebody to pray for. So I'd love if every single person has somebody to pray with them, all right? So go find somebody. Go find somebody right now. You're going to do awesome. All right, raise your hand if you need healing, okay? You need healing in this place, and you don't have somebody around you, all right? Keep your hand up so there's a few people around. Go find somebody who has their hand up. So now what we're going to do is, if you have your hand up, it's a, put it up again if you don't have somebody praying with you. Somebody, we're going to probably take a couple moments to pray for people because there are several people that need to be healed. So... Find somebody, put a hand on their shoulder, even if you're praying for somebody else to be healed. We're going to pray for both people, and then we'll do it. What I want you to do is ask whoever you're praying for, hey, tell me what I'm praying for, but don't give them your whole story, all right? Don't tell them how many times you've been to the doctor and all the issues. Just say, here's what I need prayer for, and then we're going to lift our voice in prayer. So go ahead and ask them. Go ahead and ask them what they need prayer for. All right, now, once you know, I want you to start to pray for them and declare in Jesus' name that they will be healed. In Jesus' name to be healed. Just begin to lift your voice. Call on heaven, open heaven for them. God hears us when we pray. Come on, declare in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for an open heaven in this place. We pray, God, your healing would begin to flow, God, through this auditorium right now. Lord, and touch everybody, God, every sickness, Lord. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would bring healing to the bodies of people, God. Lord, somebody in here has colitis, and I pray in Jesus' name that they'd be completely healed. I pray, God, for those with intestinal issues, God, that they'd be completely healed in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for those with back pain, debilitating back pain, in Jesus' name, that they would be healed. Lord, I pray for those with vision problems, God, that cause headaches, God. Lord, I pray that their eyesight would be healed in the name of Jesus. Right now in this place, God, we declare healing in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Lord, we praise you, God, that you're a God who heals. Lord, we love you in the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Now let's praise the Lord, praise the Lord. All right, before we move on, we'll move on here in a second. If you didn't, if you're like, hey, my need didn't get prayed for, or, okay, or you're like, man, this is awesome, I feel like the presence of the Lord is moving and I didn't stand for healing because I didn't want to feel like a weirdo, but now I wish I would have. All right. <laughs> okay. If that's you, you didn't get prayed for, or you didn't, didn't raise your hand the first time. And you're like, man, I would like to be prayed for right now. Just put your hand up. Anybody, anybody, everybody got prayed for. We got one hand over here. So let's get around that person. Anybody else? You're like, man, I want to pray for healing for my body. Anybody else? Okay. Great. We're going to gather around her. Okay you know what? Hey, it's awesome. It's awesome. Let's, we're going to pray for her, and we're going to declare in Jesus' name that she's going to be healed, okay? So can we, can we do that right now? Everybody stretch your hand out that direction. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your healing power, God. And we thank you, Lord, that you see every single person, and you see the one. And we pray in Jesus' name for healing to touch, God, her right now in the name of Jesus that your power would touch her body, and in Jesus' name, she'd be completely healed right now. And Lord, we thank you for it. Amen, amen, amen. Let's praise the Lord. Now, I want you, if you, if you prayed for healing in your body, this might, this might be shocker. I'm gonna do something very controversial, okay? I, I want you if, you, if you prayed for healing, and you're like, man, it's my back or whatever, my shoulder, I want you to try to do something that you haven't done before, okay? Right now, okay? I know it's crazy, but give it a go. Give it a go. If it's your shoulder, just maybe do one of these, all right? Do one of these. If it's your back, do one of these, all right? Do one of these, okay? How many believe God's touched you and healed you today? Several hands. Can we praise the Lord right now? Praise the Lord, all right? All right. I'm going to ask you to find your seat, but stay standing, okay? Find your seat, but stay standing. We're not going to stay much longer in the service, but we, I want to do something right now that's really the whole reason this church exists. And that's to give people an opportunity to come to know Jesus. Right now, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord, the fact of the matter is we serve a God who loves to work in the lives of people. He heals people. Most of all, he saves people. He changes people's lives. He takes people from darkness to light. He takes people from a lack of relationship with God to a relationship with God because he's a God of love. And he loves you today. He brought you to this place. He sees exactly where you're at. And you don't have to understand all of how God works and everything that God does for you to experience his power in your life. So right now, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And maybe you were walking with God at one time, but you're not walking with him today. Maybe you've never given your heart to the Lord. This is an opportunity for you to meet Jesus. And I'm telling you, there's no it's, it, it's a decision that you make. The, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So there's a step of faith. Just like we're saying come and see, there's a step of faith that has to happen for God to change your life. It's not something that happens by osmosis. It happens by decision. By you saying, God, I'm going to give my heart to you. God, I want to I serve you and follow you. That's when God changes your life. That's when he comes in. The Bible says, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. That's the door of the human heart saying, if anybody opens it, I'll come in and I will be with them. I will change their life. Literally, you'll be a different person. The Bible says, when you give your heart to Christ, anyone in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things are made new. But it comes when you give your heart to him. So before we pray, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're, like, if you're here today and you're saying, you know what, I want to know the life-changing power of Jesus. I want to taste and see. I want to see what God can do in my life today. I just want to invite you to raise your hand right now, all across this place. See that hand over there? Anybody else? You're like, man, I need to give my, rela- I need to give my heart to Christ. I want to see what God can do in my life. I see that hand right there. Once you put it up, you can put it down. Anybody else? Today, you know, the Bible says today if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. So you don't ever know when you get another opportunity. You never know when you, you know, how much time you have on your personal clock. And that's why it's important to say, you know what, God, I'm going to make you the Lord of my life today. I'm not going to wait. Anybody else before we pray, just heads bowed, eyes closed, slip your hand up high so I can see it. Then when you put it up, you can put it down. See that hand. Fantastic. You know what i want to do i want to invite those who are going to come the team and the staff to come down to the front those who prayed for people earlier if you raised your hand or you're like thinking man i should have done that there's power when you put feet to your faith and say you know what i'm doing this i don't care what people think you know the physical often mirrors the spiritual and the spiritual mirrors the physical meaning when i take a step of faith it there's power in that decision and so if you raised your hand or you should up as the team the team's going to play they're going to lead a song I just want to invite you to step out of your seat and say, you know what, I'm giving my heart to Christ today. I promise you to be the best thing you ever do. And they will pray for you. You know, the team's awesome here. Uh, And so just right now, as they sing, just step out of your seat, give your heart to Christ, and watch what God will do in your life. Amen.